Hey, it's Raph again. Welcome down to Security Rabbit Hole. We are live from the last and final day at AWS reInvent 2018. And who should happen upon my path but uh, perennial favorite, uh, Mr. Dustin Wilcox, the newly minted CISO over at uh, Anthem, moving himself over to beautiful, beautiful, warm and sunny tropical Indianapolis. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Raph. Always good to talk to you, my friend. So uh, this is an interesting event. Uh, it's a cloud event that I see a CISO at. That doesn't happen often. Why are you here? Well, certainly we're seeing more and more you know, traditional infrastructures going away in favor of emerging cloud infrastructures that we're still just just beginning to see what that's going to become, right? Right now, a lot of folks are moving to a sort of infrastructure as a service model. It looks an awful lot like our old on-premise models. And I'm looking forward to the, the you know, serverless zero trust destination we all hope to get to eventually. Well, and what that means is security strategy is going to stay the same, but all the tactics and tools we use to enforce that strategy, those all change. So I'm here looking for the latest and greatest, newest and best, what's going to evolve as being you know, best practice for securing the cloud. And so uh, we just talked a few minutes ago uh, with our CEO about like uh, the, the things that are m most important and where the biggest breaks are. And uh, as you're talking about, you know, serverless and, and that realm of uh, zero infrastructure footprint, essentially, or near zero. Uh, I've had a lot of those conversations this week, and they all break back down to AppSec and identity, which is strange because AppSec has been a thorn in the side of security. Uh, since I started working on it back in the late 2000 uh, at GE when I was working at program. And then, of course, you know, identity, nobody does well ever uh, because it's, and security still doesn't own it very often. Uh, do you agree? Well, I, I do. I'd add one more. So if you, if you think about that, that, again, that nirvana of serverless and zero trust, when we get there, the three things I'll be able to control is I'll be able to control identity, I'll be able to control applications and I'll be able to control data. So all of the all of the control those will be my control surfaces. All the controls that I need in order to manage the overall risk of, for the organization, I have to fit into those three control surfaces. Right. So we have to rethink the way we think about controls. And cloud is everything is software. So cloud infrastructure, software, everything is. So I think key amongst all those things becomes the application security piece of it. And then, you know, identity has always been critical, will always be critical. That's one where I'm looking for some more evolutions because, frankly, I think the, the tools we need, the capabilities we need, haven't been invented yet. I need those applied to the identity. I need them to travel with the identity. I don't see those yet. Same with data. Well, that's, that's the challenge. We've been talking about how to secure data uh, since, I can, since I can remember back in my, you know, 20 years plus into this field. Uh, it was easy back then because data, I could point to the 20 megabyte hard drive it was sitting on or the reel-to-reel uh, -reel tape drive that it was sitting on. Uh, today, the, and the question of where's my data, the answer is literally everywhere. Right. And then moving identity through that and then the application that ultimately leverages that is, is tough. Do you foresee yourself... Um, uh, let's start with let's start with AppSec because that's that's uh, hopefully that's the easier one. 
Um, we've tried the approach of the enterprise security team owning application security, being the sort of enforcement point. And at first we tried to, you know, basically uh, uh, scan ourselves secure. That didn't work. What's your approach to the to, to AppSec that's going to be hopefully different because now that you've got the cloud going on? Yeah, traditional AppSec programs have evaluated the security of other people's code, right, of the developer's code. Something I had a lot of success with in my in my last role was shifting that left. So training developers to write good code, training developers to understand what bad code looks like, and then putting all the tooling in place within the SDLC to make you know to validate that they're they're writing good code and, and the code's getting into production uh, in a in a clean uh, clean and secure way and stays clean and secure. So I hope to replicate that here, the shift left. But then what we do is we transition the app team to become one that's not evaluating other people's code, but it's writing code snippets for other developers to use to implement certain control capabilities. So I like to see the idea of seeing that in the cloud. I like the idea of my AppSec team being an agile team that writes sidecar code to Kubernetes containers that contains all those controls that I need them to have. They become standard for every container. So that's, that's where I see it going. I see the traditional AppSec function shifting left to the actual application teams and I see the AppSec function becoming one of a code development function. So that is very interesting because we tried, uh, like OWASP tried doing that decade plus ago where we were going to uh, create, you know, modular uh, sanitizing routines and, and this and that, and it just never quite took off. Uh, how do you get past that hurdle of not my code? Well, I, again, I think if we provide the code as as sidecars to containers or as APIs with with common API calls, I think if we provide the, the security capability as code in those in that fashion, I think we can get past that. I think what we'll be do, doing then is we'll become partners uh, to the other application development teams. Well, that's fair. I mean, that, that's that partnership is ultimately what we're trying to get to because if we all like. Again, using myself as experience, walking into an AppSec, uh, into an app dev team, sorry, and reminding them that all the things they're doing poorly because I scan their code or I audit, I you know try pen test their code, found all the holes, uh, and they go, "That's great. Show me how to fix it." And you sort of stare at them, and that, that's that's you know like, "Well, I don't know. That's your job. You fix it." Um, that that has to go away. Yeah, and and I I use the old cop show analogy, right? Everybody knows that that in, in old, old cop shows, the people that do internal affairs, they're there to investigate other cops, right? I don't want to be internal affairs. I want to be force protection. Oh, I like that. I want to be seen as, as the team that's there to, to, to protect the developers from the bad, all the bad things that can happen. I want, to be their, I want to be their friend and I want to be their protector. So does that necessarily mean a much closer relationship with whoever the head of the app dev organization is? Oh, absolutely. I can't be successful without them and I'd like to think that I will help them be more successful by helping them be more secure. So does that uh, the uh, when we did waterfall and you know uh, the different types of uh, development uh, styles uh, and release styles, security was always an added budget line item. Like we have to add security in here, all right? We were always adding cost to it. How do you keep from having to do that? Oh, we always have to be looking for new opportunities to be more efficient, new opportunities to, to provide the same control capabilities but do so at a lower cost. I can't think of a better use case for cloud and cloud capability. One, we'll be able to do it right from the beginning. This is exciting to me because right now all these all this things that are new to us are also new to the, to the threat space, to the attackers that are coming after us. So we have an opportunity right now to get this right from the beginning, which I really, I really like the thought of that. And part of that is understanding how we automate some of these tasks that we've traditionally done manually and by doing so, lower the per unit cost of all those security tasks that we do. So this is an opportunity for us not only to get better, but to get cheaper as we do security for the organization. What, what's the thing that, that you think potentially stays uh, from the, we'll call it the old way of doing AppSec? Like what's, what carries over versus what's brand new? 
Oh boy, I mean that's that's a hard one. I, I'm trying not to take an attitude of anything's going to be a sacred cow. I think I think everything we have to look at is there an opportunity to do it better, more efficiently, faster, and less expensive in the cloud. Uh, certainly, there are there are capabilities we have to maintain. Uh, I have to be able to rapidly detect, respond to, and contain incidents. So the whole sort of SOC function we have end to end, and the IR function that goes along with it, those are things that are, are, are crucial. We have to be able to do that. Certainly, the you know the first strategic pillar I always worry about is how do I minimize the attack surface? I still have to do that. How do I complicate unauthorized access? I still have to do that. So the strategy is, is no different. I just have to figure out how can I do those things in a cloud paradigm. So what are the tactics I can use in a cloud? Tactics that probably weren't available available to me on premise. Somewhere still, so multi-factor off, still something I'm going to do in the cloud. I might be doing it a little differently. There may be new factors introduced, who knows, uh, new technologies, new form factors and how we deliver that. Um, so I'm going to look at all those things, but nothing's going to be sacred as we move forward. Well, cool. So that, that's actually a decent segue right into identity because identity, when you're talking about identity in terms of cloud, one of the things that can happen very quickly is you end up with a thousand new uh, ways to log into different resources uh, and admins everywhere and like the, the old model of Wild West you know, IT is back. Uh, it w- obviously, we're at AWS reInvent, but there, you know, whether it's Microsoft, Google, or uh, Azure, uh, sorry, AWS, you need that. Everybody's been talking about federating identities as the important thing to do. Uh, what do you? Where do you see that that space moving from an identity perspective as it pertains to cloud? And then, perhaps you know, talk about federation of internal identities. What do you clean up first? You know, Raf, we've seen so much innovation across technology, particularly particularly infrastructure technologies over the course of the last. You know, last decade, even less than that, where I haven't seen the innovation that I'd hope to see, where we haven't kept up is around innovating on identity. You know, the, the, the future vision that I see, and if there are any serial entrepreneurs listening, this is what you need to build. Future, <laughs> the future that I see for identity is one where we each own our own identity. So when I, when I choose to leave company A and go to company B, I take my identity with me, and all company A does is deprovision the attributes that they needed to apply to my identity for me to have access to their systems, and then company B re- reprovisions to my identity that I carried with me the attributes I need to access theirs. And that way, we've... we've We've really made our identities our own, because right now you and I each have lots of identities, right? For every yeah, we service do. we subscribe to. Absolutely. We make our identities our own. The problem that we have to solve for that, though, is it requires a top-level identity provider, and who is that going to be? For a long time, I thought it might be Facebook. For a long time, I thought it might be whatever Perish our chosen that email. Right right? Now. It, it might be Google. I don't know who it is. I don't know how we're going to regulate that. Those are all questions we have to work out. But first, we need the, the technology, and, and OAuth is part of that technology yeah. solution. There's lots of lots of emerging standards that'll be helpful here, but somebody's got to build that top-level identity that we can all consume through all of our applications. Then we have to figure out how to integrate it with all these legacy applications. Once we've done that, suddenly uh, you know, securing a centralized identity becomes a, a lot simpler task, a much more centralized task. Yeah, I think about what, what it would take to create a centralized identity store that's portable across applications, uh, employers, uh, you know, even modes, right? So if you're international, uh, yeah, on a physical device versus on a web app, like that, that's a tremendous amount. I think we've got a lot of the building blocks there, though, don't you think? Like, they exist. I, I think they do, but there's still not that, that one overarching authority that we can all feel good about owning that, right? I, I wouldn't feel good about that being the government. <laughs> I wouldn't feel good about that being Facebook. I'm not sure I'd feel good about that being Google. I, you can remember a time when Google, you know, used to not be evil. 
And right now I'm seeing some things that make me believe that that's no longer a premise <laughs> in that space. So I hope that's not the case. It, it, maybe it's Amazon. I don't, I don't know who it is at this point, but that's a question we should all be asking. We should, we should start to figure that out because when we get there, suddenly we simplify identity, we simplify the securing of identity, and we make it a whole lot harder for the bad guys to attack us. Well, the, the monumental change that that's going to that's going to take place when that happens is you're going to, I mean, essentially everybody's individual Active Directory is going to have to be, I don't know, somehow slowly phased out all the local accounts everybody has, local admin accounts, all these things. I, that is, that's a multi, perhaps a decade-long effort once the tool is in place. Yeah, we've already seen, though, a step in the right direction here. We've already seen um, top-level directories evolving, sale points and things like that, where Active Directory is subservient to. You get provisioned into your, your sale point, and then that from there you get provisioned into your Active Directory, maybe an LDAP store for applications that aren't Active Directory aware. Maybe you get provisioned directly into your cloud applications that we're no longer federating Active Directory with those, that type of thing. I think that's a step in the right direction. All I'm really talking about here is a new top-level directory that is the topmost of the top-level directories. And it'll facilitate some of the other things we're seeing come down the pipe, like right to be forgotten and, and some of the emerging regulation, where if I control my identity and I can revoke your access to the attributes to of my identity, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden I, I'm forgotten. Right, wow, and I control that. Yeah, so that's actually really interesting. That solves a whole bunch of problems. I, I guess as Dustin said, if you're listening and you've got an idea, uh, there's got to be a VC somewhere that wants to hand you a pile of cash. Go solve that because that sounds very, very interesting. And I, I, I see that in phases. So phase one would be federation from a top level down, and then slowly over time, the federated endpoints dissolving into just a single entity. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and again, this is going to be iterative. We've got we've got lots of steps to take. We just need to get moving down this road. All right. Last and not least, you mentioned data. Uh, how do how do we solve that in thirty seconds or less, Dustin? <laughs> well, right now, if I want to if I want an end to end uh, security solution for my data, I need to buy a dozen different tools, right? That's good. I need you're lucky. Yeah, I need to I need to buy a, a tool that will help me discover where my data is. Buy another tool that's going to help me classify that data correctly. Another tool to provide the right level of security, whether it's encryption or tokenization, to my structure data, another tool to provide the right level of security to my unstructured data, you know, rights management, that sort of thing. I need a DLP tool that runs atop of that. I mean, we could go on for this forever, right? So what we need is an end-to-end -end data security solution that's going to take and apply the security attributes I need to the data as metadata and travel with that data wherever that data goes. That's what I, that's all I want. If somebody can build that for me, I'll buy it tomorrow. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of M&A happening, and we see that in the security world already, and maybe that happens in the data world. That would be very interesting. So, all right, Dustin, thanks uh, monopolize enough of your time. Enjoy the uh, rest of the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, next time, uh, once you get comfortable in your new seat, give us a call. We'll interview you. Heck, I'll make it. I'll even make a trip up to Indianapolis just for you. All right. I'd love to see that happen, Ralph. Always good talking to you, my friend. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Folks, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been another uh, Down to Security Rabbit Hole podcast episode live from AWS reInvent 2018. That was Dustin Wilcox, the uh, newly minted CISO over at Anthem. Um, Thanks for listening. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you guys got a lot of out of this uh, last couple conversations we've had. Uh, and I want to say thanks for Ar to Armor for uh, sponsoring and basically uh, allowing me to do this. And uh, again, we'll catch you another time, another place on another Down to Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Ciao, y'all. As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag PoundDTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Our website is whiterabbit.net. 
WH123RABBIT.net. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast.